Hey, Fidelity, can I get a second opinion on stocks in the Fidelity app? With Fidelity, it's easy to get an outside opinion from independent experts in a single score. And then? When you're ready, trade U.S. stocks and ETFs with no commissions. That's right. I am always right. Investing involves risk, including risk of loss. Online U.S. equity trades and ETFs and retail Fidelity account. Sell order assessment fee not included. Some account types and securities excluded. Details at fidelity.com slash commissions. Fidelity Brokerage Services, LLC. Member NYSE SIPC. Good morning. Breaking overnight, Bill Clinton hospitalized the former president in intensive care, recovering from an infection not COVID-related, first admitted three days ago. Straight ahead, what his doctors are saying about his recovery, why the infection could have been much worse, and the overnight images of Hillary Clinton at his bedside. A live report from the hospital straight ahead. Shot in the arm. We do have a unanimous 19 out of 19 yes vote. An FDA panel recommending a booster dose for millions of Americans who received the Moderna vaccine. This morning, who is eligible, the timeline, and the big decision expected today on Johnson & Johnson's vaccine. Could those who got J&J &J be better off getting a different booster? On strike, tens of thousands of American workers walk off the job, picket lines growing larger at factories and businesses from coast to coast. The cheap labor bubbles finally busted. With Hollywood next in line, just ahead the looming deadline to keep your favorite shows and movies in production. Arrested again, South Carolina attorney Alec Murdoch back in custody this morning. The charges he now faces connected to the death of his family's longtime housekeeper. Today, Friday, October 15th, 2021. From NBC News, this is Today with Savannah Guthrie and Hoda Kotb. Live from Studio 1A in Rockefeller Plaza. And hi, everybody. Good morning. Welcome to today. It's a Friday morning. We're glad to have you with us. Chanel's with us while Hoda's got the day off. Well, it is a busy Friday morning, and we'll begin with the breaking news on a health scare for former President Bill Clinton. Yes, we've learned overnight he was taken to University of California Irvine Medical Center on Tuesday, and he remains there under observation this morning. The 75-year-old was being treated for a urological infection that reportedly became more serious. A spokesperson saying Mr. Clinton, who has a history of heart disease, is in good spirits. We've got two reports this morning. We'll start with NBC national correspondent Miguel Almaguer, who is at the hospital this morning. Miguel, good morning to you. Savannah, good morning. Mr. Clinton is reportedly in good spirits, now resting comfortably in the hospital behind me about an hour outside of Los Angeles. But overnight, reports revealing the former president's infection, which is not related to COVID, was serious. This morning, former President Bill Clinton on the mend after spending the night in the ICU. Overnight, Hillary Rodham Clinton visiting her husband at the University of California Irvine Medical Center, where he's been since Tuesday. A source telling NBC News his original diagnosis was a urinary infection that morphed into something broader. The hospital keeping Mr. Clinton in intensive care as a precautionary measure to isolate him, a person close to the former president tells NBC News. In a joint statement, his doctors expressing optimism, writing in part, after two days of treatment, his white blood cell count is trending down and he is responding to antibiotics well. We hope to have him go home soon. 
The 75-year-old with family history of heart disease has had two major operations in the past. In 2004, after experiencing chest pains and shortness of breath, Mr. Clinton underwent a quadruple coronary bypass surgery in New York. And in 2010, he received two stents in a blocked coronary artery, overhauled his diet and his lifestyle afterwards, going vegan and losing weight. The former president telling Jenna on Today in 2010 about the impact his bypass surgery has had on his life. How do you balance everything, the stress of rebuilding Haiti, your global initiative, your foundation, travel, family? Well, sometimes I don't. It's a constant struggle, you know, even at my age. When I had my, my serious surgery five years ago, almost six years ago now, I realized that I'd been given like a new lease on life. Now this morning, another major health scare for the former president, said to be taking it in stride. President Clinton was in California for an event that he was admitted to on the hospital here on Tuesday. We are told that he should be released from the hospital in the coming days, although the exact date still remains unclear. Savannah, back to you in New York. All right, Miguel, thank you. We want to turn to Dr. John Torres, our senior medical correspondent. Dr. Torres, we don't have the exact facts here. We're told it started with something urological, uh, became something broader, other outlets are reporting that it's sepsis, but not septic shock, which is a great deal more serious. Can you tell us about sepsis and, and what the treatment course would be for something like that? In Savannah, this is not uncommon, and this is something we frequently treat in the emergency room where somebody comes in with a urinary tract infection, especially as they get older, their body is not able to contain that. So it moves from the urinary tract, from the bladder and the kidneys into the bloodstream, turns into what we call bacteremia. And that is basically the first step along that spectrum of sepsis, sepsis and septic shock. If the body doesn't treat it, or if it's not treated quickly enough by antibiotics, IV fluids, which in this case it sounds like it was, then it can move into sepsis. Sepsis is basically the body's response response to that overwhelming infection where things start not working as well as we'd like them to. You start getting organ dysfunction, kidneys, brain, liver start not working as well as they should. And if that's not treated or the treatment isn't working, it can turn to septic shock. And that's basically where things start shutting down. That's the life-threatening infection or that's the life-threatening response to that infection. And in this case, it doesn't sound like it got past that bacteremia part, that infection part, which is great news. It, it, the reports are that he's in the ICU and has been in the ICU for about three days now. It does, is that consistent with how sepsis would be treated? That is consistent with how sepsis would be treated because it's one of those conditions that you want to very closely monitor them. You want to make sure you're particularly watching their blood pressure to make sure it does not come down. And if it does, you give them special medications to bring it back up because if the blood pressure starts dropping, the organs start failing, you start getting into septic shocks. They need to be kept a very close eye on, but it could also be because of his status and the fact that there is COVID right now, the pandemic, they want to keep him contained. And so it's really a bit confusing as to why he's there, but it could possibly be because of the sepsis, Savannah. His doctors are talking about his white blood cell count, which they say is trending down this morning, and, and that's good news, right? That's fantastic news. One of the indicators we use as far as how well our treatment is working is the white blood count, along with the fever, how the patient feels. But that white blood count is the one number we look at 
it starts rising as infections get worse. And so we monitor it to come down. Once it starts coming down, especially gets to a certain level, then we start taking a deep breath saying, okay, things are working. We're going in the right direction. Let's keep moving that way. All right, Dr. Torres, thank you very much. Appreciate it. Now to the push to expand COVID booster shots. One month after approving an extra dose of Pfizer's vaccine, an FDA advisory panel is now giving the thumbs up for millions of Americans vaccinated with Moderna to get its booster. And today, the fate of Johnson & Johnson's booster faces a high-stakes vote. NBC's Sam Brock is in Miami to break down everything you need to know. Sam, good morning. Chanel, good morning. It is not a done deal just yet as the panel's recommendation now goes before the FDA in the coming days. But a Moderna booster for older, more vulnerable Americans does seem likely. The question, though, this morning, if you are a J&J &J recipient, are you better off with a different vaccine booster? In the latest twist in the blueprint for battling COVID, an FDA panel paved the way for Moderna vaccine booster shots. We do have a unanimous 19 out of 19 yes vote. The group pointing to waning antibodies as time goes by and reduced vaccine effectiveness against the Delta variant. As it recommends older Americans 65 and up and those with high risk exposure or conditions roll up their sleeves one more time. Get it to keep people safe. Not only just yourself, your love, your children. A population torn apart by more than 715,000 lives claimed so far. Hoping a booster, Moderna or Pfizer, which has already gained full approval, can put a dent in the devastation. But then how many booster shots are we going to have to take? For the rest of our lives? Exactly. No. How long is it going to be for? No. And that's your concern? Yes. yes. What's clear is that another jab will jumpstart more antibodies. But by how much? Johnson & Johnson's booster comes under the microscope today. After a recent study found J&J &J recipients saw antibody levels jump 76 times with a Moderna booster, increase 35 times with a Pfizer booster, and just four times with a J&J &J booster. That study assumed a full dose of Moderna, which will actually be cut in half. If you use more than the half dose, there is an increased risk of side effects. Overall, overall trends for COVID, from infections to hospitalizations, are finally pointed down after peaking in late August. We had over 900 hospitalized patients, and that was a tremendous burden on our system. How many do you have today? Uh, we have about 130. Dr. Charles Augustus with Baptist Health in South Florida attributing that massive drop in patients to more vaccinations, but also more people unvaccinated getting infected. I implore people to get vaccinated because that is our most powerful weapon that we can have against this, this pandemic. And for the FDA panel later today, two things to keep an eye on. One, will the Johnson & Johnson recommendations be targeted for everybody or just older and more vulnerable Americans? And second, will they be recommending the same vaccine or the Moderna and Pfizer, which Chanel tested much better? Back to you. That is good news. All right, Sam, thank you. Another major story, America's labor crisis is deepening this morning. Thousands of workers are now on strike, including John Deere employees. For the first time in 35 years, millions more quitting their jobs altogether in recent months. And this morning, Hollywood appears headed toward its own work stoppage. NBC's Morgan Chesky joins us from Dallas this morning with the latest on all of it. Hi, Morgan. Good morning. 
And Savannah, good morning. And these strikes are really showing that timing is absolutely everything. Take, for instance, if you're a farmer or a rancher that relies on John Deere equipment, just like these tractors. Well, they could be having trouble getting replacement parts or face delays right in the middle of harvest season. And the John Deere strike, just one of several nationwide, as workers try to take advantage of this labor movement. This morning, American union workers helping keep your favorite foods in stock and TV shows on air, flexing new leverage. Picket lines popping up nationwide amid some industry labor shortages and severe supply chain issues. The cheap labor bubbles finally busted. More than 10,000 members of the United Auto Workers Union clocking out and speaking up. The group keeping 14 John Deere plants running across five states demanding more. If we have to set out for work a little while, we will. The halt coming during a record-breaking year for the agricultural giant. $4.7 billion in profit so far. John Deere says they'll keep operations running while trying to resolve the rift. The UAW demands part of a resurgent fight for workers' rights, picking up steam from coast to coast. We're fighting for everyone. If you clock in for a living, we're fighting for you. Tavita Uhatafe is an airline union member who works for American Airlines. The native Tongan-turned-Texan is now visiting picket lines nationwide to show support for other unions, paying out of his own pocket to visit Nebraska for a Kellogg's labor fight and the Nabisco strike in Portland. What shifted to bring us here to this moment now? A lot of upset workers. That's it. I mean, we're just tired of just being in the background and watching these CEOs make all this money. Meanwhile, out in Hollywood, a potential strike by 60,000 film and TV workers is now just days away. In a series of tweets Thursday, their union writing, if the studios want to fight, they poked the wrong bear. Their calls for higher pay, better benefits, and meal breaks growing louder ahead of the strike set for Monday as more and more American workers look to the future. I think they're not willing to take it anymore. And that's showing up in the strike activity. It's showing up in high quit rates. It's showing up in jobs being vacant for longer. And in fact, it's forcing employers to do better. And we are also following another potential strike, this one on the West Coast. More than 20,000 workers of healthcare giant Kaiser Permanente have voted to authorize a strike, uh, citing potential pay cuts and pandemic strain as their primary reasons. Meanwhile, the healthcare giant says if it happened, it could be crippling. Savannah. Morgan Chesky in Dallas for us. Morgan, thank you. We have a lot more to get to as Tom Yamas joins us. He's in for Craig this morning. Good morning. Hey, guys. Good morning to you. All right. We are following new developments in the congressional investigation, looking into the events surrounding the January 6th insurrection at the Capitol with former Trump advisor Steve Bannon defying a subpoena. A House panel is moving ahead with a vote to hold him in criminal contempt. NBC senior Washington correspondent Hallie Jackson has that story. Hallie, good morning. Hey, Tom, good morning to you. Holding Steve Bannon in criminal contempt would be a significant escalation for the January 6th committee, and it would send a signal to other witnesses that they've got to get on board with this investigation or there will be consequences. Former Trump advisor Steve Bannon now on a collision course with Congress, with the committee investigating the January 6th insurrection, scheduling a vote next Tuesday to hold Bannon in criminal contempt for defying a subpoena. Bannon's attorney told the committee Wednesday the former Trump aide would not provide documents and testimony requested by the panel, citing the former president's assertion of executive privilege, an argument President Biden has refused to recognize. Committee Chairman Benny Thompson calling on Bannon to comply with the subpoena. We think 
Steve Bannon has information that's germane to what happened on January 6th. Bannon on his podcast Thursday, alluding to the committee's announcement. In the news cycle, always in the, Are you coming, coming in, in hot? hot. Mr. Trump's lawyer has directed the former president's aides not to cooperate with the committee's investigation, with Mr. Trump himself in a new statement attacking the upcoming vote. According to the new book, Peril, Bannon was in touch with Mr. Trump in the run-up to January 6th, reportedly encouraging him in a phone call to kill the Biden presidency in the crib. So what would be next if the committee votes to hold Bannon in criminal contempt? The recommendation would move to the full House, which is controlled by Democrats. If the House votes to recommend contempt charges, it's up to the U.S. attorney for D.C. to decide whether to prosecute Bannon. The committee says contempt of Congress can result in a fine and between one month and a year in prison. So you've got Bannon defying the committee, but two other Trump, former Trump aides are engaging. Former White House Chief of Staff Mark Meadows, former Defense Department official Cash Patel. A committee aide tells NBC they've agreed to postpone scheduled depositions of both men. And the committee's done the same for another former Trump aide, former social media director Dan Scavino, because of a delay in serving his subpoena. Tom? Lots of new developments. All right, Hallie, we thank you for that. Well, we've waited 17 minutes for the weekend forecast, but we can't wait a minute longer. All right, let's get right to it, Guy. And we are looking at some wet weather now, especially for the east. In fact, we've got strong storms firing up already from Cleveland all the way down to Oklahoma City. And in fact, we've got 25 million people at risk for severe weather today. Wind gusts, damaging hail, and maybe even a few tornadoes. Tomorrow, it all shifts to the east with these storm hazards of wind gusts, isolated hail, and maybe a tornado or two. As as this system pushes to the east, low pressure will track into the Ohio Valley. Severe storms from western New York all the way down to Arkansas. As we move into tomorrow, we've got a real washout here in the northeast on into New England as this strong, these strong storms fire up all the way from New England down to Cape Hatteras. It pushes off. We're looking at very wet weather, especially all the way from Buffalo into northern New England and even down as far south as Pittsburgh. And that is your latest weather, guys. All right, Al. Thank you. And just just ahead, South Carolina attorney Alec Murdoch arrested again, pulled out of a rehab facility to face charges connected to millions of dollars in missing insurance money. We're live with the latest twist in an increasingly complicated saga. Plus the plight of the American bumblebee. What's causing them to disappear in a growing number of states and why you should find that very alarming? Carrie Sanders will explain. But first, this is Today on NBC. When you're hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match. With Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging to connect with candidates faster. Plus, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed. Listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at indeed.com slash today just go to indeed.com slash today right now and support this show by saying you heard about indeed on this podcast indeed.com slash today conditions apply need to hire you need indeed (laughs) 
We're back, 7.30. Oh, yeah, it's happening. More proof the holiday season is here. Rehearsals are underway for the Christmas spectacular at Radio City Rockettes. Kicks are still high. And so many people are looking forward to seeing them this year. It is yes. such a great no, show. Absolutely. It's such a great show, yeah. Looking forward to that. Yeah, so we've got everything you need to prepare for the season. Shopping, shipping, and travel hassles. It's a thing. And we're going to get you all up to date on everything right. next hour. But let's get to your headlines here at 7.30 Friday morning. A federal appeals court once again allowing Texas to continue to ban most abortions. The 5th U.S. Circuit Court of Appeals yesterday rejected the Justice Department's latest attempt to undo that law. The Biden administration is suing the state of Texas over the restrictions that ban abortions once cardiac activity is detected in the fetus, which usually is around six weeks. The decision could push the law one step closer to returning ultimately to the U.S. Supreme Court. We have breaking news from overseas. A British lawmaker has been stabbed during a meeting with his constituents. Witnesses say a man walked up to conservative member of parliament, David Amos, at a meeting in church and stabbed him numerous times. This happened in the county of Essex. Police say a suspect is under arrest. The 69-year-old lawmaker was being treated at the scene. Also this morning, there's yet another new twist in the mystery surrounding once prominent South Carolina attorney Alec Murdoch. He's in police custody once again, facing charges in one of several cases that surround him. NBC's Katie Beck on the story again for us with the latest developments. Hi, Katie. Good morning. Good morning, guys. For the second time in just a month, Murdoch is in police custody this morning, facing two new felony charges. And as this complex investigation continues to unravel, there are simply more questions than answers. This morning, Alec Murdoch is again under arrest, this time because of missing settlement funds in the wrongful death lawsuit of his former housekeeper, Gloria Satterfield. Gloria's sons allege Murdoch kept millions of dollars in an insurance settlement, money they say was intended for them. It, it's not a day that they're relishing, um, but they do have grace and a lot of appreciation towards law enforcement. Murdoch's lawyers say their client intends to fully cooperate in the ongoing investigation. Last month, law enforcement also opened a criminal investigation into Satterfield's death. 2018 court documents say Satterfield died as a result of injuries from a trip and fall accident in Hampton County. One of three active investigations Murdoch has been tied to in recent months, including the unsolved murders of his wife and youngest son in June, and the investigation into Murdoch's assisted suicide attempt in September. Although law enforcement has never publicly identified Murdoch as a person of interest in the June double murder, Murdoch's lawyer Jim Griffin made headlines in an interview earlier this week with WHNS. Sled has said from the get-go that Alec was a person of interest. Griffin adding it's obvious Murdoch would initially be investigated since he's the husband and father of the victims. And you would think that if Alec was the one who did it, they would have come up with something to link Alec to the murders. Uh, forensically or, or independent evidence. And, and to my knowledge, they've not done that. When asked about the comments by NBC News, Murdoch's lawyers say they don't know if their client is currently a person of interest. Murdoch's lawyers have maintained Alec was at the bedside of his elderly mother the night of the murders. South Carolina law enforcement did not respond to requests for comment. So, Katie, if convicted, how many more years behind bars is, is he potentially facing with these latest charges? 
Well, they're pretty serious charges, Savannah. Each count comes with a possible sentence of 10 years. That in combination with the charges he is already uh, under, it could be a lot of time if he is convicted. Additionally, South Carolina investigators yesterday put out a release saying this is just one step in what they consider a long process to bring justice to all the victims in these investigations. Savannah. All right, Katie, thank you very much. All right, up next, we take a turn the alarming disappearance of the American bumblebee. Carrie Sanders takes us inside the race to save them and shows us why that push is so important to the world around us. That's right after this. We're back, 739, our ongoing series today, Climate. And this morning, a small species with a big impact on the planet. Al gets excited because that's Flight of the Bumblebee. Yeah, that's exactly right. Everybody yeah. learns to play that. The American Bumblebee, which is not the same as a honeybee, has declined by nearly 90% across the U.S. And now there's a new push to protect it under the Endangered Species Act. Yeah, NBC's Carrie Sander joins us now from Washington with more. And, of course, Carrie is always dressed for the part. Okay. Carrie, great to see you. <laughs> Good morning. A little protection. We're at a bee rescue here. More than a million bees that have been taken from homes, buildings, from trees and schoolyards. And what we're looking at here is worldwide, not just the American bumblebee, but honeybees, all types of bees are in decline. Let's listen to these just for a moment. And as we listen, you could say that the buzz is, the fear is that the American bumblebee is now possibly facing extinction. On a warm Washington afternoon, it didn't take long to find bees. Look at the bumblebee. But while it may seem like bees are plentiful, that's not the case in much of the U.S. for the American bumblebee. So these bees are really suffering from pesticide use, uh, habitat loss, and the effects of climate change. Bombus pennsylvanicus has vanished from at least eight states already and is critically endangered in many more, according to the Center for Biological Diversity. Dr. Amy Johnson is an ecologist in the farmlands of Virginia. Why should we worry about the American bumblebee? So the American bumblebee represents what's happening to all pollinators. Our pollinators are declining at unprecedented rates. Even the youngest among us understand without bees, the plants that rely on them will die. We know nothing can pollinate our flowers anymore and make them big and beautiful. But there is still a chance to save them. Conservation groups point to the successful comebacks of other species, including the giant panda, which is still at risk, the wild turkey, and the bald eagle, which rebounded after the pesticide DDT was outlawed. Scientists hope if American bumblebees are protected, they'll also recover, and even home gardeners can be part of the solution. Cease or adjust your pesticide use. Plant native plants and or get, become involved in citizen science efforts to help us understand these pollinators better. Already, two species of bumblebees are considered extinct. At the pace they're disappearing, the fear is nationwide the American bumblebee could be next. So, Carrie, big picture, if this trend continues, how much of an impact could it have on things like the economy and our food industry? Well, that's the biggest concern because bee populations in general around the world are in decline. I'll take you back to third grade. Remember about we learned about pollination? Sure. The, the bees 
actually pollinate. For instance, right now, those pumpkins that you'll be getting, that's a result mm. of the hard work of bees doing their pollination. They also provide, you know, apples. Uh, they pollinate for blueberries, for oranges. I mean, these are really hardworking little guys here. And we have about a $15 billion agriculture industry that relies on bees. And then ultimately, we have to remember that they also give us a little honey. I'm going to try this, take my glove off. Uh -oh. Wish me luck uh -oh. that I don't get stung here. But this is what it goes. Uh -oh. here closely. Uh -oh. There we go. Oh, oh wow. Can you just try it? So, yeah, oh, wow. Oh, he's got his net on. He's got to take it. Let's see. I don't want to. How are you going to do that? What? Yeah, what's oh, 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 the net? Delicious. Did oh, you really? Yeah. Very yeah. good. Okay. Yum. I'll pick some. It's an important story. That's Thank you, Carrie. Because yeah. it really is all part of this, this hierarchy that we need. Yeah. By the little little known fact, you know, bears don't actually like honey. They're actually going in to get the bee larva in trees. Oh. To, and when they scoop it out, they're just grabbing you the honey. You know what? Because bee larva is not as cute. It's like a exactly. bear with okay, the honey. Like, exactly. I don't know if so, Winnie the Pooh would agree that's, with well, that. Well, well, I mean, you're calling him a fraud here? Yeah. I mean, this is kind of... Hey, I'm smarter than the average bear. So let's go over here and show you what we've got. And I hope I don't make a mistake because that would be a boo-boo. Oh. Anyway, <laughs> hey, what am I talking about? Hey, we got the return of La Nina, unfortunately. Uh, it's returned for the second year in a row. It's the cooling of Pacific waters near the equator. And what does that mean? Well, first of all, in the Atlantic, that helps increase tropical, uh, de uh, tropical development. And so that means the favorable conditions are there for that development. We're going to be watching that. And the other problem, the storm track for the west up to the north for the winter, that pushes that to the north, and that keeps drier conditions, really, for the west. It's going to be warm here, summer-like today. 83 in Salisbury, 84 in Newark, Raleigh 86, same in Charlotte. We're talking near record to record temperatures. Uh, one more warm day tomorrow, and then this front pushes in. That's going to bring all the rain, and it's going to drop temperatures into the 60s and 50s from Rochester, Cincinnati, Bangor, all the way down to Washington, D.C., and that is your latest weather, guys. All right, thank you, Al. Coming up, your 8 o'clock hour. Whether you're a morning person or a bedtime procrastinator, everyone deserves a mattress that works for their style. And you'll find the best mattress for you at Ashley. The new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley brings you one-of-a-kind body-conforming technology, making every sleep tailored to be your best. The collection also features cool-to-the-touch covers and motion absorption to help minimize sleep disruptions from partners, pets, or kids. Shop the all-new Temper Adapt Collection at Ashley in-store or online at ashley.com. Ashley, for the love of home.